What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome to First Strike here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross, and already enjoying the new music to the graphics here at Visa. And well done, gentlemen, in the back, Britton Hess and company. I've uh, got a great show on the docket for UFC Paris this week. The UFC took a week off. We took a week off. It's great to be back. Zero gone against Tai Tuivasa. Should be a very interesting heavyweight matchup in Paris. To help us break it down, we're going to have Jordan Sherwood, going to have Dan Vreeland, and Reed Kuhn to join the program. But we begin with Lou Finnecaro. You can follow him on Twitter as I do, at Gamblu. He is the host of the Bout Business Podcast. Lou, it's great to have you here. It's great to be back. You and I talked on Tuesday, First Strike, First Look, as we now hear uh, 24 hours away from the card in Paris. But you did point out something to me this fight card is in Paris. you got to get, get up earlier stateside here. Does that change anything for the American fighters and the time difference when they go over to, to Paris or a card like this in Europe? Well, it can, and it depends on, you know, when, when it is that they arrive. Uh, some arrive just a couple of days prior, uh, but others will take time. I think Tuivas has been in France for about a week uh, from Australia trying to acclimate. So, in that regard, yes. Yeah, it can, certainly for different parts of the world, everybody congregating here in France. Let's talk about that main event with Cyril Ghan against Tai Tuivasa, a fight that you and I broke down a little bit on Tuesday. And you look at Cyril Ghan, and he might be the most well-rounded heavyweight right now that you have. There's a lot of guys in that discussion, but certainly Cyril Ghan is at the top of that list. Uh, over a $5 betting favorite. Hasn't really moved a whole lot since we talked on DraftKings on Tuesday the comeback on tie is still around plus 420 here. Uh, you know, you and I discussed it. Stylistically, it could be difficult for Tai Tuivasa. Does he only have the puncher's chance, or is there another way for the dog to get home, possibly in Paris? Boy, Dave, I, I really do think that uh, Tuivasa's game is structured all around power. Yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a happy-go-lucky guy. And he knows he's there to throw down. Uh, he feels uh, he's being overlooked based on the price, obviously. These kids know that. And, you know, he's saying all the right things. But really, when, when you look at the uh, difference in skills, you, you really have a mixed martial artist on one hand against a brawler on the other. And that's why young kids go to learn mixed martial arts. 
so they can dominate the big, huge bullies when it happens. And I expect Gone to just be too much quickness, too much precision, too much footwork for the big lumbering bear that is Tuivasa. I don't mean to, uh, you know, degrade his skills, mm. but I do think that this is a mismatch. And the question I have is, uh, can Gan finish him, and when does that happen? In my opinion, I think it will take Gan, you know, three rounds, four rounds to usurp the energy and the will from Tuivasa. But I do believe Gan inside the distance might be the best way to squeeze a little value out of a, a, a fight that's really the pricing is obtuse by now. I have a great point. And again, when you look at the, the manners of victory there for Cyril Gaon, there are more ways, obviously. You see the longer shot there is by sub. That's 4-1 to one, KOTKRDQ plus $1.10. If you think it can go all five, I, I'm not in that camp necessarily, plus $2 there. But Again, the over-under at two and a half, just slightly to the over minus $1.35. Do you think that that is still a good play? We talked about it on Tuesday that maybe that's the game plan for Gon is to use that movement that he has. You know, have Tai Tuivasa chase him around the octagon here, tire him out a little bit, and then maybe have his way with him uh, over the, the posted total there of two and a half rounds. Yes, I, I think that's exactly what I, I, Gon will jump on an easy submission if Ty leaves a neck or a back. Uh, but I think in order for him to chop him down physically with his hands and feet, it's going to take longer than that. And I think the submission is relatively a, a long shot. Uh, what we did learn about Gon, as well-rounded as he is, is that his wrestling's lacking. That's where Nganu dominated him. The good thing is... Taitu Avasa uh, has <laughs> never been to a wrestling class, so he's not going to try and wrestle God. Yeah, that, that's why, again, when you look at the, the, if you go column to column here, there's so many advantages for Cyril Gan here. The one thing he doesn't do well is not anything that Taitu Ivasa even wants to do, so we can understand why he's such a big favorite at over $5 at minus 540. You know, I was watching the weigh-in. Nobody gleans more from the weigh-ins than you you do and when I was watching the co-main event here, and look, I have an affinity for, for Robert Whitaker on a personal level, uh, taking on Marvin Vittori here, and the, the Italian challenger is plus $1.75 in the comeback. Didn't want to shake hands with, with the Grim Reaper here. That stuff doesn't seem to bother Robert. Did you take anything away from their face-to-face interaction? I think you know, Robert's as loose as a goose, and that's the most dangerous kind of Robert you can get. The Robert that got really dominated by Adesanya was a, a tense, uptight Robert that had been champion for a while, and I think the pressure kind of got to him, at least that's what he would say to us. Uh, Vittori, by nature, is a clenched fist, uh, you know, biting down on his jaw, angry Italian, and in no way, shape, or form does clenched fists or <laughs> anger equate to effective fighting? It saps your energy, and really, you'd rather be the rubber band man than, you know, Mr. Flexed Out and Uptight. And I think uh, Vittori, uh, as you said earlier in the week, and I disputed, he, he wants to get you against the cage, cage and wrestle you. Dave, that, I think that is correct. That's what he's going to try and do, but Whitaker's footwork's going to be too much, his... his Precise punching is going to be too much, and I see this as uh, 15 minutes of Whitaker counter-punching Vittori as Vittori tries to get in with looping shots. And, and you see here the prices for uh, the manner of victory, and for Vittori, 12-1 to 1 for KOTKRDQ. 
So you wouldn't think that he'd want to throw hands, but we all, you know, you, you saw what Asanya did, and maybe Marvin thinks that that might be a route to victory for him. By sub, not much difference at 10 to 1. It's really by decision if the challenger is going to get there. They think it goes all three rounds. For the fight to go the distance, it is minus 250. So it's feeling like people are betting the over, juiced heavily, minus 285. Does this one go all three rounds, or do you think we have some finishing potential here? There is finishing potential with these two because they're both big, powerful guys. But I agree with the 285 on the over. And for that reason, uh, my angle would be Whitaker decision minus 115 currently at uh, DraftKings. Uh, I think that's the most logical approach to this fight. But I do think that uh, Vittori could walk into one. And absolutely, Vittori could finish Whitaker. If Whitaker got stupid and got on the bottom, Vittori can rain some damage from on top. So there are surely ways for Vittori to win, but I think it involves Whitaker making a tremendous mental mistake that I don't think he has in him. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting fight here at 185 pounds, two of the best in the division. That is for sure, of course, the Grim Reaper, the former champion uh, in this weight class. As we go down a little bit on the main card here, I do want to get your thoughts on Nathaniel Wood, a guy we just saw not that long ago at uh, UFC London. Now he reappears here at UFC Paris to take on Charles Jordan. Uh, Jordan is a, a small favorite here, minus $1.50. Wood plus $1.30. This is the first fight in the main card. Anything you glean from this in the way in? A lot of mutual respect, it seemed like. I saw Jordan ask him a question. You're ready to give everything, and there was no answer from Wood. So very silent in the face-to-face. In interviews, Jordan has claimed that Wood is gutless and afraid of him and doesn't really want to fight. I think that is an interesting take. Uh, To me, uh, this is a spot kind of a fight. We just saw Wood three or four weeks ago in London, but he came out unscathed. He's fighting at home. He's an Englishman fighting in Paris. He's going to be the European. If this thing goes to decision, I'm just telling you, it's going to be hard to beat Wood, even though uh, Jordan's look great. Let's understand, this is his fifth fight in a calendar year. The first three in Vegas from Canada, no problem. The last one in July in New York. Now he flies to Paris. And oh, by the way, that fight in New York was a three-round banger with Sean Burgos, and he took damage, as as well lost the fight. So I think this is a bad spot for Jordan. Activity is good. Too much activity can make a guy stale, and I think that uh, Wood might be live in this fight. Uh, very interesting takeaway there. Got a couple minutes to go here with Lou Finicaro. I also just want to talk about in generalities. A lot of times we saw it in the, Euro- the European fighters at UFC London you know, you mentioned going to the cards. When these things do go to the cards, sometimes the crowd gets behind them and can influence those judges. Do you play that into your handicap here when you have fight cards like this will be in France and like we saw in London? Judging is getting better overall, and so to an extent, yes. But really what I look at is more the design of the USC and setting these matchups up. Listen, if, he, if the Europeans fighting at home against a capable challenger, that's one thing. But in this case, the first 
eight fights, six of them feature debuting fighters that are completely overmatched. So this is going to be a one-sided card, and and really those I, I'm not using no, any of those six fights with the debuting fighters because there's so much unknown there as well. The ones that the favorite looks enticing, they're blown up to such a ridiculous price. It isn't worth betting. So there's a lot of due diligence on this card, meaning I'm going to be watching a lot of fights and learning as opposed to betting. Absolutely love it, Lou. Very quickly in the time we're raining, tell the people what they get when they tune in to the About Business podcast weekly. Yes, weekly we do a summary of my releases for each fight card. It's 16, 18 brief minutes. You have to put up with me for that long. After that, (laughs) you can throw it in the trash and bet whatever you want. But I sure appreciate you mentioning it, Dave, and I also appreciate you guys having me on this great show each week. Love having you on, Lou. Great stuff. As always, follow him on Twitter as I do, at GamLou. Enjoy the fight card over in Paris. Lou, we'll catch up with you again next week. When we come back, we're going to Chicago to catch up with Jordan Sherwood. Come on back. It's first strike here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. Eligible restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full terms and conditions. We roll on here on First Strike. Always a pleasure to welcome in the man that holds down the windy city of Chicago, Jordan Sherwood. Follow him. New handle. Wood on ESPN 1000. I see what you did there, Jordan. And of course, he is the host of the uh, unnamed MMA podcast. Jordan, great to have you back. Did you enjoy your week off from MMA talk? Or are you ready to get right back into UFC Paris? Well, I mean, it wasn't really a week off of, of UFC talk because we had to talk about Leon Edwards' miraculous <laughs> fifth round knockout uh, and then dissect the fact that he posted a video of him eating pizza. It wasn't deep dish pizza, uh, you know, having the Chicago tie. But nonetheless, it's best to be with you 
handicapping, talking about fights, and I'm excited for tomorrow uh, morning as as it would be for me and you, Central, and uh, you know, over there for you in Vegas. Yeah, you got to get up super early for this UFC Paris card. I, I know it was a point of consternation with the with the deep dish, and I'm more of a New York City pizza guy. But we'll get yeah, in that discussion for are. another day. Uh, let's get to the main event here because um, you have an interesting prop that you like. Look, a lot of people don't like the way the big price tag when you look at Cyril Gan uh, minus five forty against Taito Ivasa. You know, I look at Ty and I go, does he really want to go deep into the Paris night on this one? Uh, what's the best way that you see him to handicap this main event? Well, does he want to go in and can he go? We, yeah. we really don't know if what Ty Tuvasa is going to look like over the span of five rounds in, in 25 minutes. And look, we've seen him tire. I mean, he was kind of gassing in that Derek Lewis fight. And that was into the second round before, you know, he, he knocked out the Black Beast. I think the play has to be on the fight, not going to the judges' scorecards and, and playing on the fact that one of these two guys is going to finish uh, the other. You know, Tai Tuivasa, obviously, you're going to handicap him to win via knockout. That's what he does. He gets fights in the phone booth. He usually takes a shot to give one. He's got a coconut for a melon, uh, and he's a tough guy to, to, to put out of there. But, you know, on the reverse side of that, you know, Cyril Gaon is also a finisher. I think it's 80% finishing rate for Gaon. 71% finishing rate for Tuivasa, or, or maybe you, you flip those statistics. But either way, we know Gan also has a ground game. Gan's a guy that his first two wins in the UFC came, came via submission. He can get this fight to the ground, and Tuivasa, I think, is a little bit of a fish out of water if it goes there. The question is, do, do you think that that's going to happen, or is Gan going to play the tentative kind of fight that we know he sometimes does, like he was his in his fight against Francis Gano? I don't buy it. I think, look, he needs an impressive victory. He needs to get himself back into the title con- contention. So he's going to take this fight to the ground and get Tuivasa out of there. Or Tuivasa is going to land something meaningful in 25 minutes of action to you know, to get a finish. So that's why I like just the fight not going to the judges' scorecards. Because I think even at the, uh, you know, you see there on the screen, the round over at two and a half, still a little bit dicey because of that tentative game that Gan might uh, you know, have as a game plan heading into the main event. Yeah, great point. And also, you know, we haven't seen Cyril Gan in that many main events. Yes, he's become uh, more of a on the heavyweight seat, so we're seeing him more potential five-round contest. But I think you're right on there. You know, Ty's probably going to come in there charging bull here, and there are a couple ways that this fight could end earlier, uh, some good and some bad for Cyril Gan. But, yes, th- that's going to be a very interesting way because I don't think Ty Tuivasa, the longer the fight goes, I think he realizes he would be at a disadvantage against Cyril Gan already as the big underdog. So I, I understand that play as well. Let's talk about Edgar against Perez here, a potential three-round bout again, but you think maybe again here in Paris we might not hit the cards. Yeah, first fight of the night, and, and I think Stephanie Edgar, first, obviously, she's got something to prove. I mean, the phantom tap of a couple weeks ago, she's going to want to get this fight and get out of there and look, win in a dominating fashion. Uh, and Perez is a fighter that kind of works, looks to work for the clinch and get the takedown. That, that's right in the wheelhouse of a Stephanie Yeager. So I, I think either, you know, you're looking at Stephanie Yeager is going to overwhelm her with her strength, uh, with her grappling and get a submission or the short noticeness of the fight that Edgar is taking is going to be a little bit too much. Cause I thought Perez was going to steamroll her previous opponent before she pulled out. So, you know, Perez is certainly a finisher impressive on the ground, but I think, you know, unlike you, what we typically see in women's fights, I'm going to play the under at two and a half 
Uh, I think we get a finish in the in the first fight of the night. Yeah, and see, you shorten that price tag too uh, by taking that under there minus a dollar forty two. So a, a pretty good way to try to get better value instead of playing that big favorite that Stephanie Egger is. She is right now minus two forty five uh, here at DraftKings. You know, uh, when you look at McDessie against Hasbrot here, I saw Hasbrot talking a lot of stuff to him face to face, and McDessie was just like stone face. He, he wasn't giving anything on the comeback here. Uh, what do you make of Hasbrot here? The number has gotten bigger as we get closer and closer to fight time. Yeah, look, I mean, look, John McDessie's seen it all. He's been in the UFC for 12 years. So, you, you know, you, you talking crap to him is not going to work at the weigh-ins. Uh, I just think Hasbrot's better everywhere. Like, this fight's going to be likely on the feet, and I think Hasbrot's going to take advantage of his youth the variety of striking, uh, and the power, I think, advantage he's going to have over John McDessie. McDessie's going to have to land something flashy, I think, to get a knockout. Um, and and I, th- I think that the play probably not on a straight money line, a Hansbarat. Play him win on the judges' scorecards. I see this fight going the full three minute or 15 minutes, three rounds. I think Hansbarat's just going to outscore him, outpace him, volume and get a get a win. I don't see either guy utilizing some grappling. And, and the problem, to your point about McDessie trying to get something to hurt Hasbrod, he's got a four-inch reach disadvantage, right? So he, so to your point of Hasbrod, seemingly having the advantages everywhere, plus 225, if you can get, get the knockout or TK or DQ, uh, sub is a longer shot at 18-1, to 1, decision plus twenty. It just feels like McDessie's really streaming, uh, swimming upstream here in this one with the with the size dis- disadvantage and also the, the the reach disadvantage. Yeah, maybe having the rely on grappling, which we know McDessie doesn't really have. But I don't like the KO prop for Hasbarat. I mean, McDessie's a guy that's got also a, a very good shin. He's only been finished, I think, by that wheel kick yeah. by Lando Venata way back when. So three-round judges' decision win for Hasbarat. That's going to be my play. And there it is, a plus 215, if you think that's exactly the way that Jordan forecasted to go there. Get some good plus value for a relatively big dog that's moved up now to 225. Okay, the main event, uh, you know, I, I excuse me, the co-main event. feels like the main event whenever you have the Grim Reaper in there uh, in Robert Whitaker. Uh, but against Marvin Vittori here in this one, you actually think the Italian challenger has got a real shot of this. Uh, what do you make of Vittori? Boy, didn't want to shake hands with Robert, didn't want to be friendly towards him. Uh, well, Marvin of- Vittori, he's a crazy person. I mean, so, you know, <laughs> don't pay too much. Here's what I'm going to say about Robert Whitaker. I get the fact he should be the favorite. I think he should be the favorite for the line that it's set. I don't like hearing so many pundits say Robert Whitaker is going to rely on his wrestling Ooh. to win this fight. It's good, but I just don't think it's great. And I think up against a guy in Marvin Vittori who dirties up fights, got very strong cardio, very good base for wrestling. Yes, he will struggle if the fight gets there and he's on his back. But relying on Robert Whitaker to do that when he's not really known for that, he's known for his striking. He's known for his cardio uh, and, and also his toughness. So that's why I think a small lean on Marvin Vittori. I think we're going to get a boring fight. I think we're going to go to the judges' scorecards. And I think Marvin Vittori is going to just do enough, be more a little bit active on his feet, doesn't get finished often at all, really, to get the win. So I would side on Marvin Vittori because I think just the factors kind of cancel each other out. And and, and all this hype about Whitaker and, grap- and grappling, it's just not his strong suit uh, is a reason to back him. And again, you can get that if you like Vittori by decision at plus 330 here at DraftKings. By the way, because it does feel like this would be on any other card, you know, for a fight night, what have you, a five-round uh, as as the main event of the evening oh, here. 100%. Does this yeah, change 100%. the handi- handicap that it's only three? 
I, I think I actually I think if if you look at it as a five round, yeah, probably. I think I think if it went five rounds, even though Vittori's great, he's got strong cardio and a good chin. Whitaker would favor to take it over in the championship rounds because he's been there, done that. But like like we were talking about, Whitaker's twelve and two, two losses to Adesanya. Vittori's six and one in his last seven, lost to Adesanya. They are the biggest Alex Pereira fans I've ever met. Forget the fan clubs; <laughs> those two guys are rooting for Alex Pereira because this is a title eliminator. It, it is. is, but. It only is if Israel Adesanya uh, isn't successful against Alex Pereira, you know, when they when they meet up. But look, again, I think these guys are very well matched. I just don't like the fact that people are siding with wrestling under Whitaker that's going to get the job done. That's why I believe small play on Marvin Vittori that gets his hand raised tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, sometimes I look at it and I go, do what you do best. You would think that Robert Whitaker would have the advantage with the hands instead of necessarily going the, the route of wrestling here. But it's mixed martial arts. Guys try new things all the times to try to evolve their games. But sometimes you don't want to potentially lose by doing what you don't do the best when you have the opportunity to do so uh, in this uh, co-main event of the evening. Uh, very quickly, we mentioned the uh, unnamed MMA pod. You've had some great guests on recently, Jordan. Tell the people about it and what they hear when they listen in in Chicago. Yeah, me and Adam Abdallah, every single week on the ESPN Chicago app, we break down all the fights. We give out some plays. We give out some leans, maybe some weird props that we like. You know, I, we, we threw out, you know, gone via submission at four to one might be worth a look. Uh, in the main events, so we do that. Always Chicago-themed. Bellator is coming to Chicago in a couple of months. We'll talk about those fights. We'll have a couple of fighters on the card as well. But every single week, we break down the fights for you on the Unnamed MMA podcast. Yeah, give it a listen. And uh, also, Deep Dish Pizza is still good. It's just not as good as New York City Pizza. That's all I'm saying. You Jordan. and I will battle on it all the time. That's <laughs> fine. You're entitled to your opinion. You just don't know what good pizza is. Give, give him a follow on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. There he is, everybody. Jordan Sherwood. When we come back, Dan Vreeland joins the program. It is Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, check out VEASAN's Best Bets Podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts, tracking line moves, odds, props, wins, losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas and across the entire country. So download the VEASAN Best Bets Podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your pods. 
We continue first strike right here on Vison Dave Ross in Las Vegas. Great to catch up again with Dan Vreeland. You can follow him on Twitter at Gumby Vreeland, host of several MMA podcasts, including the Top Turtle MMA pod. Uh, Dan, very quickly on those assorted pods that you have. Obviously, you're trying to find winners and find those best values. Uh, but what did you notice? What did you notice in this fight card here at UFC Paris that's really stood out to you? So I've noticed that in general that there's a lot of newcomers that I think we're getting good value on because of the fact that they're newcomers. There's quite a few guys that the UFC just signed, uh, and, and we're going to talk about a couple of them in a second, that, that I think their lines could be negative 300, negative 400, because I think they're that good of favorites in this spot. But I think because the general public doesn't know that much about them, and, and maybe the sports books don't know all that much about them either, we're finding them only around like, you know, negative 210, negative 180, somewhere in that range. And I think there's tremendous value on them because of that. Uh, that's a great point, Dan. Let's talk about some of those maybe on the undercard that we're going to find here and see if we can find some of those values that you speak of. Let's start off with uh, Benoit Saint-Denis, uh, minus 285 right now against Gabriel Miranda, plus 240 uh, on the challenger here. Uh, what do you make of this number? Is it uh, appropriately priced? Yeah, and this is one of the ones where actually the newcomer I'm not too fond of in, in Gabriel Miranda. I, I think he's got some submission skills, and I think he's all right on the feet. But at the end of the day, you know, Benoit Saint-Denis is a guy I've been following for a while. I actually picked him in his debut to go up in weight class on like four days notice and beat Elijah Zaleski Dos Santos, which ultimately was a terrible call. But <laughs> at the end of the day, the, the guy has got really good grappling skills and now back in his regular weight in his second fight. He really showed that. I think for Miranda, the fact that he's kind of taking this fight, it's not a full short notice fight, but he, he's taking it with now to full camp. I think that that's going to cause him a lot of harm. I think the fact that Denis weighs on people and, and kind of has a similar style to what he wants to do grappling, I just think he's better at it. So, yeah, I like St. Denis in here. And ultimately, this is almost the opposite of what I talked about at the top of the show, where, you know, I think St. Denis is actually his, his line is getting bumped up a little bit mm -hmm. higher because people don't know Miranda. But at the same time, I, I still think he's going to win here. I don't even know that I can find necessarily a ton of value on props, like whether or not I think it's inside the distance or not, because you know he's he's a finisher, but Miranda's tough. So, yeah, I, I like St. Denis to win this one, but I, I'm not loving this one from a place perspective. Yeah, again, as you mentioned, it has gone up a little bit here, so we'll see where that price point stands. But as it is today, minus 285, so still maybe uh, a bettable price, but it could get to the range soon where it gets out of that comfort zone, that's for sure. Let's talk about uh, Ferris Zayam here. He's an underdog against uh, Michael Figlag here. Figlag is minus 195. The comeback in Zion is plus $1.65. What do you make of this matchup? Uh, very interesting I saw in the face-offs today. Seemed like they, are, they, were, they were enjoying each other's company, chatting it up pretty good. Yeah, Figlag is a, a fun guy to watch in general, and, and this is one of the guys I'm talking about who, who I definitely could see as a 3-1 to one favorite yeah. if people had seen him fight. Like it, You look at him in Cage Warriors, and granted, he's not a big finisher, which also could be driving his price down a little bit. He, he's in his last four fights for Cage Warriors. He, he's actually got only one finish, and it was a doctor stoppage, so you know, not something to write home about, and maybe <laughs> what it took him so long to hide, or hire him. But at the end of the day, he's a really bad style matchup for Ferris Zayim. Zayim likes to pick people apart from the outside. He likes people to engage him in a striking contest with kicks and, you know, prodding jabs and stuff like that. And Figlak wastes no time. The dude gets in your kitchen. He likes to mix it up close. He likes to turn things into a brawl. And if you're not willing to brawl with him, he's going to take you down because he's actually got a really good wrestling game. 
as we've seen from more and more Polish fighters as of late, especially the lighter weight Polish guys like Matthew Rabeski that we just saw in Contender Series and Matthew's Gamrot, who's already in the UFC mm-hmm. in the top 10, those guys can wrestle. So seeing that from Figlak, I think we're going to see the same thing. He's going to get all up on Ferris Zayim. He's going to get in his face. And if it doesn't even work to get in his face, you're going to see him dominate in top control. I like both Figlak here, and I also like the decision prop if you'd like to make that line look a little better because since he started facing really high-level competition, not really been finishing anybody. Yeah, minus $1.95, so if you want to shorten that and go for him to go ahead and get that via decision there, you can certainly get rid of that almost $2 price tag, but uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down there for sure. Whenever you see a Magomedov on the card, you go, "Uh uh-oh, wrestler, here we go, almost a $3 favorite. What do you make of this matchup here? Is this one aptly priced? Yeah, one of, one of my good buddies also says if it ends in OV, you don't bet against him. <laughs> right. And I, I think that that's kind of fair here. But it's also fair here in – and look, I'm a big Dustin Stoltzfus guy. I, I loved him in that fight with Dwight Grant. He actually made me a good amount of money on that fight too. He's a fun wrestler, Dustin Stoltzfus is, and he's tough to beat in those regards. But at the end of the day, he was getting blasted by Dwight Grant when he had to strike. And unfortunately for him in this fight – Abusner Magomedov, or Magomedov, rather, not Magomedov, Magomedov <laughs> is not a guy who's going to let him wrestle him, right? Like, he's got good takedown defense. He's got good takedown offense in his own right, but at the end of the day here, he doesn't have to turn this into a wrestling match with a guy who's a good wrestler. He just has to stall Stoltzfus out to the point where he can let his hands go, because the thing is, is he's got a great right hand. I think he's going to land it all day on Stoltzfus. And, and Stolzbus is probably going to wear himself out failing on the takedown. So I, I like Magomedov quite a bit here. I, and, you know, like you said, it's up to three bucks. I, I think that that's probably still worth it. I wouldn't want it to get driven up too much. Uh, otherwise, I'm probably looking for, you know, a TKO prop in here or something like that. One more, Dan, uh, with, with some of the fighters maybe relatively new here on this fight card in this stage. And you're talking about some of these $2 favorites. How about William Gomez here is minus 215 uh, in this fight. Do you like William in this spot? I, no, I love William in this spot. I think he should be negative 400. Um, they, look, they, they added this fight really late because the fight with Danny Henry and Ricardo Hamosh got pulled, right? And so they're desperate for a fight. They find a hometown fighter in William Gomi, who is already ready for the UFC, but they needed to find him an opponent too. And my, the problem is they found him a guy in Jarno Aarons who is not ready for the UFC. He's a guy who's got good hands. He's got good reactive submissions, but he really doesn't have a way to set up his submission game. And to be honest, I think his hands are slower than Gomez. I think Gomez could come in here. He could outstrike him with that uh, lead right hook that he throws from his southpaw stance. I could also see him getting that grappling game going because late in his last fight, we saw him hit a big, beautiful double leg. He's got great passing. He's got great submission skills. He's even kind of heavy on top, surprisingly, which I didn't see in his earlier fights, but lately he's really added that piece to his game. So I think William Gomez is a tremendous value here. I also think he's going to get it done inside the distance. Ooh. And I, I'm seeing, you know, plus 120 on that. that that's incredible. If you want to get real cute, I mean, like the submission at plus seven it is not bad either because he does have quite a few submissions, too. Yeah, good way there. If he gets this fight down to the ground, grabs the next seven to one there. If he didn't get it done via sub, I, you know, I'm really intrigued uh, by the Nathaniel Wood against Charles Jordan matchup. Obviously, uh, two fighters that were on the come up here. Jordan's been very active. We just saw Wood at UFC London. What do you make of this matchup here right now? Jordan uh, minus a dollar fifty. 
Yeah, this one's driven me nuts because on one hand, you know, I I really loved Nathaniel Wood when he was first breaking through in the UFC. I I thought kind of the sky was the limit. I I had him pegged as similar to the way people talk about Jack Shore now at Bantamweight. Mm -hmm. And and he really hasn't made good on those promises. You know, his his wrestling game is good, but not great. Um, You know, he's fallen in love more with his striking, but in doing so, gave up a couple of takedowns to Charles Rosa, which, you know, is sort of alarming. And here... He's not going to give up takedowns to Charles Jordan, so you can kind of alleviate that concern. But he did eat a lot of punches from Charles Rosa, and that that sort of begs the question, like, what happens when you fight a guy like Charles Jordan Mm. after Charles Rosa? Because that's a completely (laughs) different skill set. He needs to go to his wrestling a lot, and I just kind of don't trust that he's going to. So I I like Jordan in this spot. I I think this probably goes the distance if if you're looking to find an alternative way to play this rather than, you know, picking a kind of close fight or, you know, like you said, a dollar and a half favorite here in in Charles Jordan, who I'm not in love with. But if you're looking for a way, I, I think it probably goes the distance. Both guys are durable. So. That's probably the best play, but you know, gun to my head here, I'm taking Charles Jordan. And there it is, pretty good price there, minus dollar twenty five, just to go the distance. Don't have to pick a side because I, I think you're right. This one it feels a little bit confusing to try to handicap here. Uh, could be a very, very close fight. Very quickly, I got to get your thoughts in the final minute here on the main event here. Uh, what do you see with Cyril Gane? Any pressure fighting at home in France in Paris here over a five dollar favorite against a guy with heavy hands, as we know, in Tai Tuivasa. No, I don't think so. And the the problem with me for, and I want to pick Tuivasa, I really do. Um, but the problem with me in picking Tai Tuivasa is Surreal Gan has beaten people who fight like Toy Tuivasa in multiple ways, right? Like we saw him fight Derek Lewis, who got overly aggressive. When Derek Lewis got overly aggressive, he picked him apart, stayed out of range, and got the finish. Similarly, when we saw him fight a guy like Yair Rosenstrike, a big puncher, similar to Tai Tuivasa, who just took it easy and kickboxed with him and waited for an opening that never came. He won a 25-minute boring decision. So, you know, I really don't like this fight from a prop perspective either because I could see both of those happening. I do think Gon is going to win here, which makes it, you know, kind of not fun to bet right. Tai Tuivasa and just lose. I, I, the only thing I'm thinking of is, is like a very small play. Like if you got pizza money that you want to put on, maybe a submission prop for Surreal oh. Gon. He did kick off his UFC career with two of them. Very interesting, Dan. Hey, appreciate the time. Enjoy the fights in Paris. We'll catch up again soon. There he is, everybody. Dan Vreeland coming back with Riku next on First Strike on Visa in the Sports Betting Network. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.
And we continue first strike here on Vison Dave Ross in Las Vegas. Reed Kuhn back in Washington, D.C. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter as I do at Fightnomics. He's the author of a book of the same title, Fightnomics. Reed, great to have you back. Did you enjoy your week off from the UFC? As always, enjoy the week off, but very much ready for fights to come back. Found myself not much to do on Saturday, so let's get back to it. <laughs> there you go. So let's get into this UFC Paris card. Look, I've been trying to find somebody that's going to take uh, a little action on Tai Tuivasa. It feels like a hard sell because you look at Cyril Gahn, of course, the, the French fighter fighting at home in Paris. He is over a $5 betting favorite. Reed, we've talked about this a lot, and you do a really good job of finding value when you really think it's there. Is there value on Tai Tuivasa at plus 420, or is it all kind of one-way shopping here for Cyril Gahn? It's one-way shopping, unless you want to go very specific with a finish prop early on Tuivasa or maybe mid-round expecting Gan to like get sleepy in round three or four and get caught. But honestly, when you line these guys up along the tail of the tape, my tail of the tape anyway, with statistics, it is a clean sweep for Cyril Gan. So the, the one exception, obviously, is the power. So right. you don't need to be Isaac Newton to know that <laughs> Tuivasa hits real hard. Um, he really loads those up but he doesn't land them very often. In fact, uh, there's actually someone else on the card that has a higher per strike knockdown rate than Taitu Ivasa, shockingly enough, and that's Jokan Buckley. But in this fight, Gan does have the advantages. He's bigger. He's really good at defense, and think about that. Tuivasa has been facing some sloppy strikers, and he's taken advantage of that. Gane is not that. He is very crisp. He's very technical. He's accurate. He has great defense, and defense wins championships. And that's what Gon has. So he should be able to keep this guy at a distance, throw a lot of leg kicks, uh, you know, fight his game. I think it might take time to develop, but I would love to see a ground game from Gon. You know, that would really be changing uh, the situation on Tuivasa. But, you know, the ultimate question is, is how do I bet this? I'm probably going to be avoiding this mostly. You know, I maybe have some parlays. You know, if you're taking advantage of those boosters and the apps, mm-hmm. uh, Gon is your guy. He's your anchor in there. He's not going to give you a ton of return. But honestly, there's better money to be made elsewhere on this card. No question about it. Very quickly, play devil's advocate if people are trying to find a pathway for Ty. Is there any scenario that because it's home, because the pressure of putting on a show, that Gon does things that are out of character for him and stands in trades? Or is he just too smart for that? Well, we've seen now two different main events in very recent history. One with Dominic Cruz and the other with Kamara Usman, who were winning the fights through three rounds, even into the fourth, and then both got knocked out with a single strike, essentially. So that dynamic still exists, but you have to think that gone late is going to get lazy, get a little uh, sloppy, maybe comfortable, a little too comfortable. And Tuivasa is not somebody you can do that with. But look back at who Gan has faced before. He's faced one-hitter-type guys plenty of times and not been tagged. And so that is what gives me a little bit more confidence that his experience with kickboxing, keeping range, being careful with dangerous strikers, that is going to serve him well here. And that's why your metrics, your numbers are top-notch because, again, it just doesn't show in the numbers that Gon's going to do that against guys similar, at least in style, to Tai Tuivasa. You mentioned Buckley here, plus $2 against Imanov, who is minus 340. You know, I looked at the weigh-in, and it's like it felt like two guys in two different weight classes with a height difference here. But you mentioned the striking of Buckley here. Do you think he's a live dog at 2-1? to one? Yeah, that, that height difference, that um, it's not a range difference, it's a height difference, although sometimes you know, some, a much taller fighter can kind of control that pace with their legs. 
Um, but Buckley is the harder hitter. You know, he has six knockdowns. His knockdown rate is technically higher than the heavyweights on the card, which is amazing. Um, he's not particularly accurate. Imavov is very accurate. Uh, he is very technical, uh, better defense, better offense, but no power. So this is going to be one of those fights that could be uphill for Buckley for as long as this fight takes, but he could also end it in the final 30 seconds. He could be losing the entire fight. And I honestly do expect him to lose round to round. I just do expect him to find some shot. And at this price, plus 200, maybe even the knockout prop, if you just go directly to that, because I don't really think he's going to win a decision, uh, that there's some value there. Because honestly, just looking agnostically at these two guys, the win probability isn't as skewed as the odds suggest. It's closer to a coin flip. We've been in this situation before. And when we're looking for value, we do know that we're going to hit some of these. And when you're getting that much plus money, it makes it worth it. That's an excellent point. And again, the portfolio over time, when you find these dogs, $2, $3 dogs that actually are live dogs, not going to hit all the time, but they do enough that they're going to keep you in the black uh, more so than the red. When you look at uh, Nazrat Hasparat here, he is a sizable favorite against John McDessie. We know he's got that. I know you're always looking at those numbers and the age difference here really does jump off the page here. Uh, 38 or 37 rather for McDessie and 27 for Hasparat. What do the numbers show here? Is, is it as lopsided as a minus 230 favorite? I think so. And the age does have a lot to do with it. Uh, you know, I'm especially sensitive to that youth advantage. And when you see something 10 years, uh, an age gap of 10 years, win probability for the younger fighter is very strong. Um, you don't normally see a lot of these matchups. And MacDessie has been in the game a long time. He certainly has the better experience and faced better talent. Uh, but he's also arguably on the decline. decline. He's been injured in some of his fights. He's taken some brutal fights in the past. He is a gifted striker but he is always outranged and it, and you can see it. Um, he just doesn't fight at range, even though he wants to, he's got kicks. He's one of the few people with a spinning back fist knockout. He earned a spot of glory in my book for that, but I, I'm betting against him here. I like the favorite. I think he's worthwhile. I do probably have a, some parlays going with gone and hot Prost. So that I, I like him as my bankable favorite. Uh, do you think that the, the fight to go the distance here is minus a dollar sixty-five? Is this a fight that you think more often than not do the numbers show that it will go and hit the cards with a veteran uh, the way McDessie is? So I'm actually going to take the counterintuitive side here. Um, you would think it's going to be a very slow fight, but so both guys let their opponent initiate. So we're probably going to see a staring contest to start the fight, or at least maybe for the first round. So it could be very slow, but. Both guys are very good strikers. Uh, they both have knockdowns. They're both accurate, very accurate, actually. Uh, and so I'm actually going to take the other way. I'm going to look for plus money on the under because, first of all, MacDessie is a little bit older. If he gets drilled, I don't know how well he's going to take it. Mm. And MacDessie does have the wild card of he could land something crazy and really test the chin of his opponent. So I actually see finishing potential on both sides. Um, and I think the market is probably expecting this to go long. I'll, I'll go the other way if I'm getting plus money. You're getting good plus money uh, for under two and a half rounds, a plus $1.60 here, Reed. So a really good value play for two guys that uh, you never know. One punch could turn the lights out. That is for sure. Co-main event, 
I'm really intrigued by this matchup with the Grim Reaper here. Robert Whitaker, Bobby Knuckles back in there, the former champion. Against Marvin Vittori, a guy who feels like he's been on the cusp there, but has come up short a little bit in his title efforts here. What do you make of this matchup here? And is Vittori a live dog plus a dollar eighty now as some of the money feels like it's coming in on Robert Whitaker? Yeah, it's a fantastic matchup, first of all. Like when you have someone who's king of the division and you have two people vying right there for who is second best. That's what this fight is. They've cleaned house in that division, yet somehow they've never faced each other. They've each lost to Israel Adesanya twice. Um, So I love the matchup. It's perfect pairing. I do think the odds should be closer. Uh, So that means I see value on the underdog. Vittori is a grinder. You know, as I look through the numbers of why do I lean on the underdog here? Why is there value there? It's basically because of that control. It's his cage control. He pins people up against the fence. He drags them down. Now, Whitaker does have good takedown defense. He does not have good clinch defense. So the clinch position could become interesting here. If he gets stuck against the fence, he can't do what he does best, which is, you know, outbox people. Uh, Vittori does have a great chin. He's very durable. So he might get tested at one point. Hopefully he can eat the first few that land and then just close the distance and make it an ugly fight. Overall, I think it's going to go the over. And in that situation, I'm hoping that Vittori did enough to sway at least two judges in two of those rounds. That's all he needs, really. That's the scenario I'm, I'm seeing unfold, at least I'm hoping so. I think there's value there. Uh, not going to bet the farm on Vittori, obviously, because Whitaker has looked amazing at times. But if we can stifle him, there's an upset. Oh, and how about that plus money there? If you think Vittori by decision, again, you got to lay a lot of juice for to go over two and a half rounds at minus 285. But Vittori... Uh, an underdog that's got some value here by decision is plus 330. So not a bad way there if it does hit the judges' scorecards. And as you mentioned, Reed, if you can win at least two of the three on the judges' scorecards, when it hits the cards, I always say just hold your breath because you really never know uh, what's going to happen. Hey, you're coming out here to Vegas, right? So we're going to see you for the uh, the pay-per-view next week? That's right, in studio next Friday. Can't wait to have Reed Kuhn in studio. Appreciate it, my friend. Enjoy the fight card. We'll see you next week here in Las Vegas. I want to thank Reed Kuhn, as always, for joining us. Dan Breland, Jordan Sherwood, Luke Finnecaro, and, of course, Britton Hess, who puts all of this fine show together. Enjoy the fights in Paris. We'll see you next week right here on First Strike on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. 
rugged, resilient, and timeless.